Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. You're a CEO of many different companies. One I even noticed was like an organic care of natural products company. Very interesting. And I was also reading about your background um, that I believe you were a science major in school. And how did you, how did you have this vision? Because you are doing a lot and you're helping so many people in the world with what you manufacture and your vision of, of what you want. And how did, how did this start for you? At what age did you say, this is, you know, this is what I want to do and, and this is how I want to help people? Well, like a lot of people's lives, I had a few uh, left turns, right turns, and even U-turns along the way. And originally, uh, if you go back into junior high and high school, I was interested in clinical medicine to be a doctor of some type, a physician. And so I was on that path. And uh, uh, when I began uh, university studies here in Texas, I went to the University of Texas. I was in what they called their pre-med program. Um, You know, specifically uh, biochemistry was my field of study, but it was to lead to going to med school and and that path. But along the way, um, a couple of good doctor friends of our family said, you know, you might want to work in some hospitals or clinics during the summers or during your holiday times and just get a feel for what it is to be a clinician. And so very sage advice. And I took it and I realized after about two summers of working in clinical settings, I'm not a clinician. (laughs) it's It's a different kind of a person to be a clinician. And I did not have that that desire that I thought I had, what I found I liked was actually the medicine part, but without the clinical part, the going to the hospital, direct patient care, um, uh, everything that goes involved in being a physician now, it's a lot of formalities and, and insurance paperwork and all this. I thought, I'm not really interested in doing all this. So I kind of had to make a decision. So I guess I didn't make a U-turn then, I made a pivot and decided to go into probably research. So I thought, well, maybe I'll go into research work in laboratory type place, or maybe I'm working in a large company laboratory or something like that. Did a internship at that and realized, I don't like that either. (laughs) So then you start to have a bit of a, a panic. You realize, okay, I'm three years into my university study and I don't want to be a clinician and I don't want to be a research scientist. And, um, started going around and and talking with people that were in other areas of science and started to learn about this area called, I knew about pharmaceutical, but that's really more research. And I I wasn't interested in that. And so I learned about medical devices. Hmm. What's that? Is that like tongue depressors and syringes? Yes. But then what I learned was no, there's this huge giant industry called med device. It's everything from an uh, electrocardiogram machine that we've all seen on TV that's measuring your heart wave to a, a ventilation device like Perry's using right now 
to all different kinds of products to something as simple as a little piece of wood, which I don't even think they use wood anymore for tongue depressors, but they used to. Um, and I went, oh, I like that. You get to develop something. There is some R&D. You get to develop it, prototype it. You have to run it through all kinds of approval processes and studies, FDA, lots of other things. You then have to develop manufacturing processes. You actually have to make this product. Well, I found, wow, I really enjoy the manufacturing. And then you have to commercialize it. Well, that's sales and marketing, which is what she's studying. Right. So all of a sudden I went, wow, I like this whole process flow of an idea to a commercialized medical device that directly impacts a person in both their ailment or their therapy or whatever it is. And I found that's what I wanted to do. So I went to work for a company that did that large company doesn't exist anymore. I think it got acquired about five times. Um, but I started out uh, working in sales and marketing and learning that aspect of commercialization. Then I moved into operations and learning that aspect. And over a period of time, I learned all the different areas of medical device development and manufacturing. So if someone asked me today, what do you do for a living? My answer is we develop medical products and, uh, and, and, and sell them, uh, uh, manufacture and sale of medical devices. And so it, it was a, there were some stepping out points where I had to make some decisions. Oh, I'm not gonna be a doctor. Okay, I'm gonna be a research scientist. Oh, I'm not gonna be that. Oh, I'm gonna have to, I find I like this manufacturing of med products. Well, I gotta go learn now business. I hadn't taken any business. I had to go learn sales and marketing, you know, both both uh, scholastically through through programs, but also practically by doing internships and things. So pretty big life changes. But I ended up through that finding out what I wanted to do, and thankfully, I also found I'm good at it. Doesn't always go that way, <laughs> so I'm glad that it it worked out both ways. So a bit of a torturous route for me to get into medical device development and manufacturing, but that's how it occurred. It wasn't real clean and direct. It was a little messy, uh, but it got me there. And how did you know when you were ready to go out on your own and form your own companies and say, okay, now I'm ready to do it? Uh, was it that you had- all the <laughs> Again, you're not gonna get a real pretty clean answer. Like life, it's kind of messy. Right. Um, I, I had worked in that first company and I had an opportunity after I'd been there a couple of years to go work in a smaller, it wasn't really a startup. They'd been in business for a few years, but it was a newish company, but they were small. Well, that gave me the opportunity because in taking that position, I said, I want to be exposed to different parts of your business, you know, the development, uh, uh, prototyping, uh, FDA work, and all the way to commercialized product. And they were like, yes, you can do that. So I got involved in this company and I was there for a, a number of years, not that long, I guess maybe less than five years, but then it got acquired and I was given an opportunity to stay with that company, which was now going to be folded into a very large company, uh, a huge company. In fact, I would have had to move and relocate. And so I decided, no, I don't want to do that. So I basically made myself unemployed by saying, well, I'm not, you know, and that happens when a company's acquired, you have to make a decision. Do I want to stay with the uh, company or, or go do something else? I mean, they give you a choice. So I basically created my own unemployment. So I started a business out of necessity. Um, I didn't have a job at the time. Uh, I had 
learned quite a bit in the last previous 10 years, uh, had the skills I thought. Looking back, I probably didn't, but right. I thought I did at the time. The great part about starting a business when you're young, you don't know what you don't know, and that's a good thing. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it is. If you knew what you didn't know, you would never do it. Exactly. I didn't know all the hurdles that I would have to jump and, and vastly more knowledge that I would have to acquire. But you do it. And so I started International Biophysics Corporation in 1992. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, 28 years old. Um, uh, that company has developed all kinds of different medical devices and products over the last nearly three decades. We've had a number of products that were we called a spinoff. You spin it into its own company, and then I build its own facility and factory, and then it hires all of its own people. And then those spinoffs have been acquired by other companies. We've done that five or six times. IBC is an interesting company, international biophysics. We sort of find new technologies. We gestate them, grow them, take them all the way through development and FDA and even commercialization. And then we decide, are we going to keep it as part of what we call the parent company or the mothership? Sometimes it's referred to international biophysics. Are we going to spin it into its own entity and let it go become its own company and a completely separate entity away from the company. And, and those are, those are, I find those are very fun things to do. Very uh, it, it's fun to watch something grow and then it goes and becomes part of something else. Um, that's very exciting for me. So that's allowed us though, to be involved in everything from uh, you know, lasers used in surgery to we actually developed uh, all of the ozone generators uh, that were used in the original space shuttles. I'm showing my age now. <laughs> it was back when the space shuttles were being built. <laughs> so we've done some interesting projects, a full line of cardiovascular surgical products. We make the largest line of, uh, of heart pumps in the world. Um, all kinds of instruments. Of course, we're very big into respiratory therapy. Um, uh, one of our spinoffs was the company that invented the very first small oxygen concentrators, the ones you see on TV late at night all the time now. Well, we actually invented and developed all those to begin with way yeah. back when. And so uh, I've been honored to be able to be involved in products that have made huge impacts in people's lives. And I'm not the creative development engineer. We have really smart people that come up with incredible ideas. And, and we're also good at finding kind of raw technologies and bringing them in, as I said, and gestating them. So um, to me, it's very satisfying if I don't want to make or find a product that simply slightly changes some type of clinical therapy. I want to do something that radically changes it. Right. It's a step change, in other words. You, you, you take something that's been done the same way maybe for 30 years and you completely re-engineer and revolutionize the way something, that particular therapy is being delivered. Um, it's, it's fun. It's hard. Um, a lot of times industry isn't receptive to something totally new, uh, especially in medical because, and rightly so, um, physicians and medical industry is very careful about new things, because the worst thing you can do is bring out something that doesn't help the person. God forbid it makes it worse. Right. So, you know, the old Hippocrates oath, do no harm first. <laughs> so sometimes new, you really have to take the time to, 
to bring it to market, to educate clinicians, patients, caregivers. Aflovest was a great example. Right. We took a technology that was completely radically different than anything that was out there and, and said, no, we're going to take something that was pneumatic and, and, and compressor driven to motorized and battery, yet give the same, and now we know, better clinical output than the previous old technology. But Sometimes it's hard to make change. You know, medical is is slow to adopt something new. Right. In a crisis, they will. We're in one now with Corona. Right. But we've also seen that sometimes we're we you can decide something is good before it's fully vetted, and then you find out ah the benefits not as good as we thought. So there is real reasons why things take some time to move into medical, and so it doesn't bother me that we might know we've come up with a revolutionary invention. I also know it's going to take multiple years to introduce it to the market. And that's okay. And that's probably the way it should be. Interestingly um, enough, um, we found the Aflovest, which is the product that um, Perry uses. I'm sure she uses many that we don't even realize that your companies have uh, played a hand in. The Aflovest helps her with her chest PT. In other words, um, for people who don't know this, Perry has muscular dystrophy and it's hard for her to get her secretions moving, even though we have medication that helps with it. So the Aflovest has replaced um, a product that we used for many years called the Vest. And the Vest is a Hilaram product, which served its purpose when we used it. Um, but you kind of stuck in one position. You can't really go anywhere with it. You, it's hard to drag it if you're going in a car or somewhere. And I saw an ad in a muscular dystrophy magazine, the MDA magazine, for Aflovest. And it just struck me. I said, what is this? This looks amazing. And it's a very portable, um, mechanically driven chest percussion uh, vest that you wear. And as soon as we got the product, we had a fight to get it. It did not come easy because insurance was like, what is this? We had to get all kind of, you know, letters. And I really fought for it and I had somebody fight for it, an advocacy agency fight for it. As soon as we got it, we knew that it was such a great choice for Perry. And the cr crazy thing is, um, I see you posting uh, pictures all over Instagram of people wearing the Aflovest camping and, um, you know, doing all sorts of activities that, you know, these people are not confined to their home anymore because right, right. they can go anywhere and still get the respiratory assistance that they need. It's more comfortable. And the craziest place that we've done it is um, in, our, in our van in between a wedding ceremony and the actual wedding uh, reception. We had an hour to kill and we had to do our best somewhere. So we did it in the back of the van. Um, and while, while I was changing also outfits and Perry's changing outfits, we did the Aflovest there. And it was hysterical because, yeah, yeah. but that's the convenience of it. You can, it was perfect. You can live, you know, a life, um, a different kind of life when you have something that's so genuinely helpful and necessary and and um so we've seen great benefits and we're actually about to apply for our second vest because uh we're a allowed to get a new one every five years and it's just incredible and we've had two of them so far because one had to get replaced and the newer version even was even better like we keep seeing better and better things happening to this so you must be also listening to the consumer of yeah, what's positive and what's negative about Absolutely. it what you can change 
So um, we thought it was extraordinary. So, right, it's, she says it saves her life in conjunction with other. You're, you know, you're, you're being very kind. Just, oh, no, it's you. And I just happened to see it. I never would have heard about it, I don't think otherwise. I told my pulmonologist after, you have to see this. You know, we started getting the word out because nobody ever hears anything. I don't know why. Um, and then the rep from your company also um, came to some Team Perry events. And um, Afrobest even sponsored um, us last year for a uh, marathon. Yes. Yeah. So it's just awesome. It's like a new, you know, Afrobest family that we have. So oh, it's, it's really created um, such a sense of normalcy in, this, in you know, a, a life that is, is not always normal and easy. So it's kind of uh, incredible to have the portability of it. Let me ask you, because you're really, um, you're a businessman. You started off as a scientist. Do you wish that you were more of a scientist at this point? Because you're running a lot of businesses and you're a little far removed from, you know, uh, the young man who was in the hospital, you know, seeing patients. Right. But you enable yep. so many to do that. So you're facilitating right. so much. Yeah, no. Right. So how do you, I mean, obviously you must be happy because you're creating so much, but it's different. What, what I found is I get my, this is my satisfaction. Listening to a mom and her daughter talk about a therapy that my team developed and brought to market that positively or affected your life in a positive way. That's my joy. You have no idea. This will be my topic tonight over dinner when I'm with my wife. I'm oh. just not going to believe this interview I had today. Oh. Uh, uh, it, it's it's what gets me excited. I'm sure it's the same excitement when a physician in direct patient care is affecting someone and he sees or the, she sees they're doing, they're improving. They're, they're getting that same sense of accomplishment and joy. I get it. It's going to be on the back end now. The, the product's developed, it's out there, someone has used it, and I get to hear firsthand, or maybe every now and then, people will actually send us an email. We've actually, this was what was bizarre to me. And I've, I've talked to other medical device executives too, and they say, yeah, that's very rare. When we developed the portable oxygen concentrator, the small little battery concentrator that makes oxygen, before then it was big tanks that you had to pull behind you, it was horrible. Okay. I'll never forget, we'd introduced it, I think it was in the first three or four months, and I got a Hallmark card in the mail from a, 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 a lady talking about her mother. And this lady was the daughter, she was the caregiver of her mother, and her mother had been on oxygen and had those, those tanks she had to pull behind her. And she wrote this very short but beautiful little note about, wow, your product, you, you, you'll never know us and we'll never know you, but please know your product has changed my mom's life. She can now go out with dignity. She can now go out on her own because she couldn't pull the tank. It was too big. But the, the look, and I've never forgotten that. She, she took the time to go out and, and buy a little card and okay. write a note and mail it. I, I've, uh, it, it just really moves me. And so that's the joy I get out of it. Yeah, I'm not on the front line, but I'm the person in the back who's the cheerleader for all those people on the front line in our company. We have incredible employees, incredible team members. And I'm the one in the back going, do it, do it. You know, this is, you know, I'll figure out budgets. I'll figure out how to give you the infrastructure you need and the bandwidth and all these things you have to do in a business. But the joy I get 
is when all that I call it sausage making, when yeah. all that sausage making is done and you're left with that perfect sausage at the end and someone eats it and they go, Ooh, that was really good. Now it's a very simplistic way of saying it, but that's the joy I get when someone says you've affected my life in a positive way. We were at Disney in December and we would bring the vest to the parks. We'd go yep. to medical, put it there. We'll be back at five. Okay, fine. We go back at five. We do the vest. The whole medical staff is like, oh, okay, we've seen this before. So I yep. know kids are going to Disney and yep. kids are getting everywhere and they're doing the yep. treatment and then they're going back out after and having fun. So it's a big deal. Our, our <laughs> big, you're probably seeing there's a theme through our products, which is mobility. You can call it portability, but just because something's small and you can carry it doesn't mean it's mobile. Uh, mobile means you can use it while being physical. You know, uh, our competitive uh, brands to the life choice, they're all portable. I mean, you know, they weigh 20 pounds. You can pick them up in a suitcase and carry them, but you can't use them while you're walking down the street. Right. Or you can't go camping with them. Right. I laughed once when I saw an ad for one of our competitors and it showed a person sitting on the end of a dock using their product like while they were fishing. I'm like, well, first of all, you'd have to have the longest extension cord on earth <laughs> and it's an electrical device over water. What right. are you doing? Right. <laughs> not, not a great ad. That's the craziest thing I ever saw. <laughs> we wake up to do the Miami Marathon. It's always in January. I push her till about the... 11th or 12th mile and then Perry gets out of her wheelchair it's a jogging stroller and tries to walk there at least some most of the way in a gate trainer um we're up, at, we're up at three in the morning everybody else is up at four and they get on the bus for 30 but we're up at three in the morning because the one thing that she has to do before we leave the hotel room and we have nurses with us helping us is the vest sure so three in the morning she's putting on makeup so she looks pretty at the marathon and the vest is like jostling all over and the nurses are trying to slap on clothes and medicine and do everything, but they know they can't leave the room Not until the me. vest is completely done. Yeah. So it's, it's that integral, a part of her life that wow. there's so much more that you can give up and skimp on, but you can't skimp on your time of doing yeah. something like mm -hmm. that. We want to thank you. Yeah, if, I had, thank if I could get to a store and give you a Hallmark card, I would, but we're quarantined, yeah. so we're not leaving. Uh, this, this is this is, this is our Hallmark Hallmark card I've ever gotten. <laughs> um, that you you are making an impact on so many people. Mm -hmm. Perry's a product of all of your hard work and your dreams and your ideas because she can't do what she does, which is go to school and be a student and then hopefully get her MBA and then hopefully rule the world one day. She can't do that without people like you and, and your innovative right. thinking. You guys are the ones out there doing it. You know, I, I've simply given Perry a useful tool to help her, but Perry, you're doing it. You're doing all of it. Uh, and don't ever forget that. You're the true warrior.